episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page, homeschool curriculum for hands-on, creative, and gifted learners. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number 22. In this episode, the moms chat about Halloween fun, the history odyssey curriculum, and maintaining cultural sensitivity during Thanksgiving. <laughs> mom, where's my mom, 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 Honey, where's my glasses? Mom, 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 mom. Can I have a drink? Mom. Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Mom. Where are my shoes? Mom. Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? Mom. I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And, and we're, we're the, the Savvy Homeschool Moms. moms. So, Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit-chat? 23 minutes, 24 seconds. And how was your last 19 or so days since our last <laughs> recording? Oh, my goodness. So much time. Um, let's see. Well, we went through Halloween. Yay! Yay! That was fun. We had a blast. Oh, my gosh. This last Halloween was the most fun yet, I think. We had Becky and family there. Yes. Which was a first. We usually do Halloween with... Um, with our good buddies, uh, what four other family, three other families that we usually do, and then this year, since we've been spending so much time with Becky and family, now we got to add them to our clan for Halloween trick or treating, which was fun. And uh, Tiffany and family. Oh, and Tiffany too. That's right. Tiffany came along too. Because we usually spend Halloween with Tiffany. So right, because you guys come as a pair. <laughs> yes. So that was really fun, and the husbands were the husbands all seemed to be getting along pretty well too. Yes. It was really fun. So there was like, oh, God, how many kids was there? It was I, like 15 kids or something. It was crazy. It was a lot of kids and a lot of grownups. And we just hiked around my parents' neighborhood and then went back to my parents' house afterwards. And all the kids got to swap out their candies as they, they like to come home with just the candies that they want. So that works out. <laughs> so that was really fun. And, of course, this Halloween was particularly fun for me because I didn't have to spend so many on costumes. <laughs> Normally, I spend a lot of money on fabric because my kids want these elaborate costumes. And I have my mom build them for them. Uh, Maven was a dragon last year. And that uh, was a lot of fabric. And Tyrion was an alien, which was really cute, but still a lot of fabric. And this year, they were a bat and a bird. And it was almost all homemade, which was really, I mean, ver versus nanomade. <laughs> <laughs> versus just, you know, sewing it, which is, she's like a seamstress. So she's like, it's like almost like professionally done the way she does it. But, um, yeah, and it was really fun. I know I posted pictures on the Facebook page, so those of you who haven't checked it out, go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was really fun. And then four days after Halloween, um, Maven had her 12th birthday. I can't believe I have a 12-year-old. It's just wow. insane. I know. It's like, it's I don't know, something about from 11 to 12 just seems like a big jump, but... And then just uh, two days after that, we had the election, and my kids got to come with me to the polls. We've been taking Maven for about three elections now, I believe it's been. Um, but she didn't really remember the first one because she was really young. But, um, in fact, she tells me she didn't remember the last one either, which is weird because she was, what, eight? eight? She should remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but Tyrion, it was his first election to go to, so he got to go into the polling station. And, you know, we talked about the whole process. And we watched some videos online ahead of time to talk about what mm -hmm. was going on. And I have to say, the Schoolhouse Rock videos really let me down for this because their, their election, oh, what is it, the Electoral College video that they have is yeah. not very good. <laughs> I'm sad to say that, but it was confusing to me. So oh. I actually posted on Homeschool Realm on my homeschool realm 
uh, I think it was just on my Facebook page, I posted some videos that were quite good that I found on YouTube, so for future reference. <laughs> Very cool. And then I had to share this one little bit that's really funny to me, because my kids were watching Fetch. Uh, you guys watch Ruff Ruffman on Fetch too, right? Yes. PBS? Yes. So we were watching an episode of Fetch recently, and they were talking about something called, the kids had to figure out, they had to do some research on something called sphenopalatine ganglioneuralgia. <laughs> and I was like, that is a really long word. And then when they said what it was, do you know what it is? I do because we talked about it. Oh, that's it. right. We talked about it. Oh. <laughs> yes, it's brain freeze when you eat ice cream too fast. That's so hilarious. I said, oh my gosh, you guys, you have to memorize that and wow, Nana and Bampa. And so Tiran has been walking around saying, Sveno. No, I can't say it. <laughs> Sphenopalatine ganglioneuralgia. <laughs> we were like, like trying to say it over and over again so we'd remember it. And he totally remembers it. I don't think he's told it to my parents yet, though. But <laughs> it's just such an impressive word, you know? And that's one of those ones that you have to wait for just the right moment to use it. Exactly. I mean, how cute would that be? You know, a little seven-year-old pipes up and says, oh, I have sphenopalatine ganglioneuralgia. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, that was hysterical. So anyway, that was fun. <laughs> Let's see. And so in history, we finished up uh, talking about the fire of London, um, which was fun because we got to um, finish the the book that was on our book list from the last episode we finished off. And that was the um, Master Cornwall, Corn, Cornhill. I'm forgetting what it's called. I mean, let me yeah, Master Cornhill. Yeah, Master Cornhill. Thank you. Um, and it ends with the Fire of London. So it was it was a really good book. And then it ended with the Fire of London. And then after we read the end of that book, because we had already heard about it from our history book, the Fire of London and and the plague. And then um, we read about it in this uh, what do you call it? Historical fiction. Mm -hmm. really good way to learn about history I think it really makes it real to the kids and to me <laughs> and um and then we went right into a picture book that I had checked out like weeks before I had to keep renewing it because we weren't done with the chapter book yet <laughs> um on the fire of London that went into more of the historical details so it was kind of like more interesting to them because they had just heard about it from the first person perspective of this 11 year old boy that was living during that time mm -hmm. so it was really interesting to read so that kind of made it all real to us and kind of tied it all up and wrapped that up so that was cool uh let's see we've done some um really fun field trips again which yes. was really cool we went to the planetarium here locally we were sad you guys couldn't make it yeah um so we went to the planetarium for a show which was really cool especially because they had a little extra show at the beginning that i wasn't expecting they did a little thing about the mars rover curiosity Oh, awesome. It, yeah, it was like all computer generated so you could see like it flying to the to to the to Mars and um and then landing and like they showed, you know, it was all computer generated, it was all animated and you could really see what it cuz when we watched it live on the computer streaming, you know, you were seeing it from the rover, you weren't seeing the rover. So <laughs> so that was really cool. And then afterwards we decided to stick around and go check out their museum. They have a really cool Have you ever been in that science museum before? No, we haven't. I don't think it was there the last time we were there. It's I'm been a while. Sure. Yeah, I don't remember if we just didn't want to pay because it's like an extra two or three dollars or something um, to go there. It's really small, but it's really, really good. I highly recommend it if you go again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really good. They even had a Tesla coil that they turned on just before we left, um, which isn't obviously not always going. They have to like put everybody off to the side and say, we're going to turn it on. <laughs> you know. And um, so that was really neat. And then they had like 
whisper dishes and they had these cranes that you kind of like those cranes where you're trying to pick up toys at the at you know vending oh, machines yeah, yeah. but this was actually doable <laughs> and i picked up blocks and things it was like a real like claw that you could actually pick up. it's not you know designed to drop things it was actually designed to pick things up <laughs> so um that was fun and then afterwards um one of our one of the other moms had said that they were going to go check out i don't know how she finds out about all this stuff heather is like like a She's just on a, it. Oh my god, she's like a cornucopia of ideas and places to see around town. Mm-hmm. So she like told us to go head over to the science building and that there was this stick sculpture that was going on. Um did you hear about that? I did after the fact. I heard I got to see all the pictures you guys posted and everything. Oh uh, yeah, the website is stickwork.net. Um and that's the kind of sculptures that they're building. And then they have their own um you know, version that they're doing at Fresno State. And uh, so we get to see that, and it's all surrounded with fence, so you can't get close or anything. But we're going to go over there when they're done. I think the end of this month, they'll be finished. They're supposed to be finishing it up. So hopefully Heather will post a reminder (laughs) to go back and check it out. (laughs) So Heather, if you're listening, don't forget to remind us. Exactly. (laughs) We'll go back and check it out again. Um, But the kids were fascinated by that. That was really neat. And you can go online and see all the other kind of sculptures that they've built. And then she said that they might even, like, set up some kind of a workshop with the artist to find to teach the kids how to do that kind of a sculpture because it's like taking sticks and bending them and weaving them and it's it's really cool sounds fascinating yeah and then let's see uh we went to renaissance fair last week it was my birthday on last sunday the november 11th happy and birthday tina thank you and um so we went to uh the Kearney Renaissance Fair, so that was really fun. The kids were really impressed. It was their first Renaissance Fair. Well, that they remember. Maven went to the Hanford one when we were when she was really little, but that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So they were impressed. We got there just as they were doing the jousting. <laughs> the horse, they were on horses and jousting. It was really cool. Fun. Yes, very cool. And we saw some some people that we knew while we were there too. Ola was there with her boys. Nice. So that was fun. We got to run into them and watch some funny jugglers doing silly things and eating fire and stuff on the stage and um Tieran was obsessed with the pirate ship and had to get pirate hat and uh we decided that they would be able to get one small thing and Maven picked a ceramic dragon of course <laughs> and Tieran wanted a, ha- a pirate's hat and an eye patch so he got one of those it's like it's like a scarf, but it's actually got a plastic frame inside of it, so it actually keeps its shape. Oh yeah, Danielle has one of those. I think it's hers is pink though. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get a black one with a skull and crossbones on it, and yeah, and an eye patch that was actually because they had a couple of different eye patches there, and we had to find one that was actually soft. So he was happy. He got that, and uh, and then he got to pose with the with the pirate on the pirate ship. So I got pictures of that up there too. <laughs> he was having fun. And the last thing that we did this this last span of time <laughs> was just in the last few days we had a math marathon. I got so sick of being so behind in our in their math books that I finally like said, "All right, that's it." And I like sat them down and I said, "Okay, we're going to just buckle down. We're going to do nothing else until we get through these math books." So, um I got I went out and I got them Starbucks uh green tree frappuccinos because they love them and they almost never get them because they're so expensive (laughs) and so I went and got them green tree frappuccinos to get them started and then I went to this I asked them each what they wanted and I gave uh, went out to Target and actually no I went to Trader Joe's and got some treats got some Oreo type cookies and uh, some cheese puffs (laughs) yeah Joe's Joe's Jojo's they're called Jojo's yeah yeah Yeah. and uh, Tieran likes those cheese puffs so we get like the pirate booty stuff 
And uh, so I'm like making gestures with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. Like the people do... can see us. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to get a webcam and it'll be really funny to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so then I said, okay, every page you finish, I'll give you a treat. And here's, this is to get you started. Here's your treat to once you finish a page. And when you finish the entire book, I will give you an entire day of unlimited computer time. And actually, Maven will probably get two or three days because she's got a heck of a lot more to do. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even care. I just want to get this done. So Tieran like plowed through it and he finished like part of the way into the second day. It was pretty oh, wow. much done the first day, actually. So he's finally into his second grade book yay Yay. (laughs) maven's into the second half of the fourth grade book now finally and she's plowing through it and um really pushing through and it's it's very challenging too some of the stuff for her is kind of new so so i'm i'm trying not i don't want to let up because i want to keep the momentum but at the same time i don't want to overload her either so i just keep pushing her forward like okay more time more time i'm gonna give him i'll give her whatever she wants when she's done you know just right. finish the stupid buck so yeah so that's going really really well yay yay so becky what have you been up to oh well let's see <laughs> um let me start out by um, letting you know why it's been let, letting the people know why it's been oh, 19 right. days as we know that that um i was working on um getting a diagnosis of endometriosis and i now have a diagnosis of endometriosis and in addition to that i have um, some other things that are going on and so on next wednesday the 21st uh which happens to be my birthday I am going to be going in and having surgery. So um, I wanted to let everyone know uh, that that was going on so that if you don't see us for a little while, it's because I'm recovering from surgery. Um, But hopefully when we get done with this and we get to the other side of it, you know, it's going to have, there's going to be some healing time and everything. But when we get to the other side of it, all of this stuff should be gone. It should be taken care of and I should be um, like a new woman. Yay! At least that's my hope. So (laughs) let's hope that all works out that way. We'll all cross our fingers and hope. Right. So, so a lot of the stuff I've been doing, um, we've been working on the appointments for Jack's IEP, trying to get all of those things in line. Because as I've mentioned on the show before, my my son has a speech delay, and so we need an IEP through the school in order to be able to get uh, speech language services for him. And um, so, that's been a lot of work. I mean, like I've been going to doctors and all sorts of places all over the past two weeks trying to get that all done before the 21st because like my goal was to have it all done by the 20 before the 21st so I didn't have to worry about it you know and it would be all in place by the time we came back in spring but so far so far it's working I have one doctor that I'm still waiting to hear from as to whether he'll have to do any more tests or not but um, other than that they're all done and I'm just waiting for all the results to get to the school so Mm -hmm. there's that Um, we also uh we had a great time at Halloween, I was going to mention. Um, <laughs> and I managed to get away with not spending very much on a costume this year either because both kids <laughs> still had costumes that fit. In fact, Danielle had three Halloween costumes that still fit. <laughs> and Jack had two Halloween costumes that still fit. I keep a hold of them because the children play dress up with them. <laughs> and so um, Jack was able to be, what, Bumblebee at school and then he was Spider-Man for trick-or-treat. And Danielle... <laughs> Danielle was a fairy at school and a vampire, I think, for trick or treat. So <laughs> it was kind of nice to have the two um, the two different costumes that they could cho- choose from. And then on top of that, I had a, I had kind of a downer this year. Um, we every year um, I've made it a habit to leave a bucket of candy on my porch with a note that says "Take one." And I started this when I was still in college, before Danielle was even born, because I had classes and. Um, 
unfortunately, this year, for the first time, somebody stole my bucket. I was oh, so no. sad. That's like, horrible. I know. I've always come home, and not only has my bucket been there, but there's been candy in it. Um, but this year, um, they stole my bucket and all the candy that was in it, and they left the take one sign laying on my ground. So oh. I, was, I was kind of bummed about that. But other than that, Halloween was fantastic. We had so much fun. It was so fun to go with our friends. So <laughs> That was and then, a blast. Yes. Um, in addition, just like you, I took the kids to the um, polling place for the election. And um, this actually was Jack's first time, um, I think, really going. I don't think I took him last time, but I did take Danielle last time. And um, I've told you the embarrassing story about last time we went, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Basically, um, we were. I was in there and I was showing her how the whole thing worked. And then um, I... I put my little vote on there and she looked at it and broke down in tears and screamed through the entire place I wanted you to vote for the other guy <laughs> the other guy's name better so, <laughs> as we were walking in I told her this year I said it is not appropriate for you to shout across the whole place who I voted for so, we're going to keep you can ask me questions or whatever but we keep it till it's just you and I can hear it so, you know, and Dean, uh, my husband took Jack with him. So yep. Jack got to watch daddy fill it out and Danielle yeah, got to watch me fill too. it out. And mm-hmm. then we came home and I actually had little ballots that I had found. I believe I posted them on, I posted them somewhere. I don't know. Oh remember. yeah, I saw them. I think you did it on Facebook. Super, super cute little ballots that had like little um, figure drawings of Barack mm-hmm. Obama and Mitt Romney on them. And we did our own little um, poll, our own little election here. Oh, and you got to pick what the first pet would be, a dog, mm-hmm. a cat, or a duck. <laughs> And in our poll, it was a dead tie between Mitt and Barack, only because Jack can't read. And um, <laughs> the the first pet was going to be a cat and a dog. And I was kind of sad because I really wanted to see a first duck. I, I know, that was right? Really <laughs> awesome. Can you imagine? Oh my god, that's this, hysterical! And this is the first duck. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we, you know, we watched the the polls closely as it, you know, they were coming to a close, and we watched a video on um, Discovery Education actually about the Electoral College, and it was pretty well oh. done. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I I would recommend if um, unfortunately that does require a subscription, but right. Uh, but I know you have one because we have it through the same yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they had a pretty well done uh, video about the Electoral College, so you might want to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's see what else. Oh, we've been watching The Amazing Race. We actually are all caught up to real time now on The oh Amazing goodness. Race. Because <laughs> my kids, I put it, I, I save it usually for Fridays, and they always want to watch two episodes. So <laughs> they get very excited about it. So cool. um, I can't really talk about what I want to talk about because you haven't seen it I yet. haven't watched. I've only seen the first two. <laughs> I know. We're still in Indonesia. <laughs> There was an episode recently that something happened on that I really I gave me a really good opportunity to give my children a long discussion about ethics. Ah, so, just say okay, yes. and we can talk after you've watched it. We can talk about it because I was <laughs> I was very upset about what happened. Oh, yeah. good. Well, that's yes. a good good discussion topic then. Yes. So, but we're still really enjoying it, and um, what we've been doing is just coloring the flags of the countries that they go to and trying to learn one cultural thing. You know, like. Something that goes like a, in Bangladesh, we talked about the bamboo industry and that kind of thing. So mm. just kind of light doing it lightly. And I think that's why I'm I'm getting through it faster than you. Cause oh, I'm doing- yeah, because I'm obsessing a little too much on it. I'm trying yeah. to build unit studies as I do this with my kids, too. I'm trying to save it all and get good. I've been finding amazing books, too. So that, that's slowing me down because <laughs> I'm finding so many good things. Uh, they're in Russia right now. And we I found this great uh, resource for um, printable Russian nesting dolls. 
Oh, very cool. Um, and I actually already talked to my brother and I told him, I said, I'm going to try. Oh, you know what? It's not going to happen because that's just next week. I was going to say, my brother's going to be here for Thanksgiving. And I said, they're going to Russia. So you can talk to the kids about Russia because my brother lived there. For those who don't know, my brother lived in Russia for a number of years and speaks Russian. And his girlfriend, who's also coming with <laughs> him to Thanksgiving, lived there, I think, even longer than him and her her ex-husband and her daughter still live there um and she speaks fluent russian as well and so i thought the two of them could talk to my kids about you know and and tim has all kinds of stuff from russia too well, they still can they just yeah, you can just yeah. say the amazing race is going to be going right right there, yeah so. i think i yeah i will i still will i just yeah. they just won't have watched it yet so. they won't have the background yet yeah but they'll have lots of pictures to look at and yeah. i'm sure he has video too and we'll just have to like pare it down because he's got years worth of stuff <laughs> but maybe they can like carrying on conversation in russian that would be really cool I'm, i was going to see if i can get them to speak to each other in russian so my kids can hear that i've never even awesome. heard him speak russian so <laughs> i can cool. say and i'll check in the machina <laughs> let's see uh oh i had to laugh because wednesday night um, I got to sneak out and have some adult time. I snuck out. Um, some friends of mine from the Steampunk Society were over at a local bar, and they, a friend of ours was playing piano there. And so I'm thinking I'm sneaking out to have some adult time, you know, appetizers and stuff, right? And I get there, and he plays an entire set all of Schoolhouse Rock songs. <laughs> Oh and all of us adults are sitting around in this bar singing Conjunction of Junction. Of course. And I'm just a bill, right? It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. And it was like, you know, and then rhyme, reminded me that I wanted to get the multiplication songs for Danielle to put them on her iPod. Oh, cool. Because she memorizes songs really well. Um, she Songs that I just have that on my iPod that I play in the car when we drive around and stuff. She she memorizes them. It's kind wow. of terrifying, actually. Yeah. And, <laughs> when you listen to the kind of music I do. And um, it's like, maybe if I let her listen to that, we might get a little farther on this multiplication table memorization thing. I know. I've had to make some flashcards for Maven. Hopefully this will work. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we got the wrap up. So we're going to try those out and see okay. how those work. Let's see. Oh, um, uh, I'm also trying to teach uh, Danielle to do laundry. <laughs> um, to try to help me out a little bit around the house. And so I made her this great chart and I taped it to the washing machine and it's been going really, really well. That's awesome. Um, I thank you for the idea, Tina, because I oh, would sure. never have thought, you know, let's teach her to do laundry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to get Maven to do dishes next. She'll, she's already <laughs> taken over the cat box, doing the cat litter boxes and the food and all of our laundry. So yeah, next I'm, I'm, I'm heading for cooking and yep. <laughs> dishes and then she can do it all yeah, danielle cooks too um and anything that could, comes out of the freezer and can go into the toaster oven she's on top of it so yeah yeah maven does cook occasionally too it's pretty cool yeah i wasn't feeling well last night and she um she made fish sticks and french fries for her and her brother for dinner so that was pretty awesome i didn't have to do anything very nice <laughs> yes no maven woke daddy up on uh november i should have mentioned before november 2nd was adam's birthday so we had november 2nd was adam's november 4th was maven's and november 11th was mine so we we're all <laughs> in november and she woke up daddy with um, chocolate chip pancakes she made them all herself <gasps> sweet very very cool <laughs> yes. that's awesome and let's see, one last thing I wanted to mention, which isn't, it's kind of part of the weekly catch up, but I don't know where else to put it. So there's this, <laughs> there's this thing, it's called World Book Night. And I put my application in for it, and I'm encouraging other people to put their information, or their application in for it. Um, World Book Night is an annual celebration dedicated to spreading the love of reading person to person. Each year on April 23rd, tens of thousands of people in the U.S. go out into their communities and give away a half a million free World Book Night paperbacks. Wow. Now, what it, what it is, is there are, 
like a dozen paperbacks you can choose from and you choose your top three favorites. I personally chose Fahrenheit 451, which is my number one favorite book ever, Handmaid's Tale and Good Omens. Oh, I should say Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury, Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood and Good Omens by Neil Gaiman. Those are actually three of my, uh, those are all three on my top 10 uh, favorite books ever. Mm -hmm. And um, if your application is accepted, they send you 20 copies of whichever one of your books that, and then you, but you have to tell them what you're going to do with them. Now, Ah. I live in the Tower District, and in the Tower District, there's a lot of young people who Mm -hmm. just kind of hang out. A lot of Mm -hmm. them are homeless, or a lot of them, maybe they just don't want to be at home that night. Mm-hmm. And so they come and they crash out here in the Tower District and stuff. And so I'm thinking it might be a good idea to take those books down at the Tower to Teasers and to the Review and the little coffee shops mm-hmm. and give the books away there. So you tell them where you want to give the books away and why. Mm-hmm. And if you're chosen, they send you a box of 20 books to give away. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so if I'm chosen, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. I'll, get, I'll get one of my top three books that I can give away to other people. So, that's awesome. Um, I'll have the link in the show notes for you. And um, if you guys do uh, put in your application, I'd love to know what book you chose because I'm very curious as to there's like 20 books to choose from. So I'd really love to know what other books people choose. So very cool. That just made me think of isn't there you probably know about this. um, Isn't there something out there like a website that promotes just leaving books around? Like yes. leaving them. At, there, isn't there like a sticker that you stick inside them that says after you're done reading it, pass it on, leave it somewhere yes. else? What I is actually, that? I can't remember. Uh, I can't think of what it's called right now either. I'll look it up though while you tell me about your guys' books of the week. Oh, yes. There you go. Yeah, because it just made me think of that. I'm like, that's another really good thing. It's like you just leave it somewhere, right? like on a bus stop or something. Book crossing. Oh, thank you. You're fast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and there was no editing involved in that. <laughs> I actually have done that as well. I've, I've, I actually am signed up for Book Crossing, and I have released lots of books out into the wild. That's awesome. Well, on the same train of thought, there was something that I found last week that I really was thinking I wanted to do, but I'm kind of afraid because, again, of the where I live. Um, building a small library that you put out in your front yard. Oh, you use a small box like a like a mailbox. Uh, they mm-hmm. have patterns to make it as well, but um, you could use any kind of small waterproof box, and you just put a thing on it that says "free books, take one, leave one." Oh and wow! You, you put it out in your front, and people put them like on like you know when you put bird feeders on like a a post. Mm-hmm. People put them up on their post like that, and they're just these little tiny miniature libraries. And you can huh. register your library so that people who are traveling around can find your library. Wow! And then you just put paperback books in it and then people can you know take one if they want to read one and I personally don't care if they take all the books because honestly I have so many books in my attic that I need to give away that (laughs) it wouldn't even bother me for quite a while if people just took books and didn't leave any but the idea is that you would come by you would take a book you would leave a book whatever right and um, I just love the, cool. the whole idea of the, the giving away. And there's also um, All Hollows Read. Have you heard of that? No. This is something Neil Gaiman started last year, All Hollows Read. And it's, um, I haven't been able to participate in this particular thing because you need to have several copies of kid-friendly Halloween-type books to give away. Or you could do it for adults, too. But I always think kids because I'm around more kids on Halloween. Mm-hmm. But instead of giving away, you know, you, it, you give people books for Halloween. Not everybody oh. who knocks on your door, you know. Right. But, you know, you... you have some books and you give them to your friends on Halloween and it's called All Hollows Read and it was started by Neil Gaiman. Very cool. 
yeah, there's lots of opportunities out there for giving away of books, and I I like to be involved in that kind of thing. I love to give books away, and and I always give books for babies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like paperback swap too. I I need to get involved in that again. I think you told me about that. Didn't yes, you? I. Oh gosh, I have swapped so many books through paperback book swap. It's not even funny. It's yeah, like, put that in the show notes too, because that's a yeah, good one. In the hundreds, I think the, yeah. that I have sent out. Those are, those are awesome. The only, you just pay for shipping for people who are not aware of it. Uh, you just pay for shipping and you just print up the, the wrap, like the, the packaging. You print it up from their website and you just send it out. Um, you, you know, you pay for the shipping, but that's all you're paying for. And then you send books to other people and they send books to you and yeah. you get credit and yeah, you can save it up yeah, or something. The, the way it works is, okay, someone wants one. You, you list all the books you have available. Someone wants one of your books. You send your book to them. When they get it, you get a credit. Then you right. can use that credit to request a book from anybody else in the system. So it's not one-to-one swapping. It's a credit system. Right. And so you that can way, build it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, oh, my gosh. I've gotten so many fantastic books through there. It's not even <laughs> funny. And, you know, you have a wait. Sometimes you have to put something on a wait list. You have to wait till it becomes available. But, like, I still get I, – I haven't done it in a while. I think I – I put my account on hold and I haven't done it in a while, but um, I, I still sometimes get um, emails saying, this book that you had on your wish list, there's one kind of like it if you want to look at it. It's pretty awesome. Aw, that's cool. Very cool. Speaking of books, would you yes. read Yes, I know. The books of the week, my favorite part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, we finished uh, Master Cornhill, as I me- mentioned earlier. The kids and I were reading Master Cornhill, and it's it cracks me up because I didn't think that they would get the, as into it as they did because um, the, the way it was worded was, was kind of complex. Um, it's, you know, 1666 in London, and um, the way that they talked was – I. I, I pretty sure it was accurate to the time so they have all these crazy things they say (laughs) and not crazy but crazy for us in modern days you know and uh they had some really great expressions in there that i'm forgetting right now but um that i remember thinking oh that's a really cool expression i think i'd like to use that (laughs) no people would look at me weird but um (laughs) but it was really really good because you get to see behind the scenes of what it was like during the plague and during the london fire and uh, so that was really, really good. We were really glad. But I was also glad to finish it because I think, as I mentioned in the last show, that I had the land of stories waiting in the back, <laughs> yeah. waiting in the wings to start. So I didn't tell the kids about it because I didn't want them to go, oh, well, let's just be like rush through it because I wanted to really, you know, still savor that book, <laughs> Master Cornhill. So <laughs> we finished Master Cornhill and moved on to Land of Stories, The Wishing Well, which, as I've mentioned before, is written by Chris Colfer, who plays Kurt on Glee, if anybody watches that show, who's my my favorite character and my kid's favorite character in the couple of episodes that they've seen. And um, mostly I just play the dancing scenes on my computer for the kids because they're so good. Yeah. Um, Singing and dancing. But anyway, uh, so yeah, and he's actually from Clovis, which is the next town over from us here. Essentially, it's Fresno. So let's see. So we are in the middle of that right now. And oh my gosh, it's so good. It's about these two kids who whose grandmother gives them this magic book. But I don't, they haven't said yet whether or not the grandma knows that it was magic but it and they end up actually falling into the book and, and they end up in storyland and you know there's like little red riding hood and you know all of this the tales the um uh characters are all living in there it's like a real place and they're they grew up listening to all these stories so they're all the the they're twins and that's the girl is really excited because she's just loves like seriously <laughs> loves all these stories so she's all excited and she has to climb to the top of rapunzel's tower because she has to see inside it and so it's, <laughs> it's really really cute so 
we're curious to see where it goes. It's a nice thick book too, so we got some time. Although it is overdue at this point, but I don't care. I'm gonna keep reading it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Maven finished Dragon Slippers and Dragon Flight. Um, I don't remember where we left off on the last episode, but um, she finished both of those books. Same author, same series, and we're waiting. Uh, I have to find out what the next, what the third book in the series. I think there's a third book, and order that next. Um, and then, so while we're waiting, when we went to the library last time to pick up some books and drop off some books, she went and found a new book, which was called Dealing with Dragons by Patricia Reed, W-R-E-D-E, mm-hmm. um, which she had read about in Muse magazine, and um, which she loves. So she said she wanted to try that out while we're waiting for this other book to come in, and um, she hasn't started it yet, but it looks really good. So we'll see. Tyrion, um, I still haven't gotten him into reading anything without being prodded <laughs> first but when he does he does a really really good job of it but he's not he's not you know picking up books randomly yet um so he's just reading whatever's in his reading basket i have a little basket that i i put all the books that i find on the early reader section uh he did finish a pirate pirate mom i posted a picture on our facebook wall of that or on our instagram which goes on our facebook wall um that he just read and it's a level three reader i don't think it's really you know how sometimes the level numbers are not quite right yeah they're kind of weird yeah some of the ones really more like threes and some of the threes are more like twos you know one this one looked i would say probably a level two i don't know that i'd say it's a three but anyway it was marked as a level three (laughs) and he finished the whole thing read it cover to cover no problem and it was quite long for him too so we were he was very happy and proud so um so that was something that he read. And uh, me, I have not picked up a book <laughs> recently <laughs> at all. I'm sad to say in the last three weeks, I have not found any time to read. So I did finally go back into my um, my app and found that Chronicles of Pern had expired and renewed it so that I can start reading it again. And I am determined to pick that up again. So tomorrow I'm going to – actually, maybe even tonight I'm going to pick that back up again because I was like, I don't know, halfway through it maybe. So it's short stories, so – it's a little bit easier because, you know, there's, you know, you can get to an ending to it quicker. So right. anyway, so hopefully I'll finish that at some point and then before the next podcast <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully move on to another because I have a whole bunch of from the, the, whatever that site is that you recommended in one of those shows where you get the free, where you get the free, um, ebooks. Yeah. The ebooks. I've got a bunch of them waiting. I haven't actually stopped paying attention to the emails that are coming into my inbox because I've got enough sitting in my phone waiting for me to read. So hopefully I'll get moving on to those. So what have you been up to book wise in your family? Well, first of all, there is no such thing as too many books. Oh yeah. that's <clears throat> So um, Danielle is still working her way through the Emily, the strange books. And um, she's enjoying those still. And let's see, um, Jack Jack, um, he, I uh, recently, a new issue of the Lego Club Junior magazine came in. Do you know about this? Yeah, we have it. We get it too. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It is a free magazine. When you right. sign up, it's like a two year subscription. And it's, um, it's from Lego. And um, it has comics and puzzles and things to build and all sorts of great things in it. So Jack has been kind of obsessed with that lately. It's not <laughs> technically a book. but There's reading involved in there, it. There is reading involved in it, yes. And we just cleaned off the bookshelves today. Um, <laughs> and I pulled out all of our old board books to donate. And um, while we were going through, we found a whole bunch of the you know leveled readers. And Jack's all excited because I found a whole stack of um, 
the backyardigans. Oh, fun. Yes, the backyardigans. <laughs> and they're actually phonics readers. They're actually oh. set up to be to, to teach phonics. So he's awesome. all excited about those. And so am I. And so we'll be starting on those really soon. Cool. And let's see. And I am still reading Pirate Cinema by Cory Doctorow. And I have started... Uh, another book because I realized they're not going to let me take my Kindle with me to go have surgery. Oh no! Nothing. You can't take anything um, of any value in it, oh, with you into I the guess hospital. That makes sense. And so um, I don't want you know I don't can't have my Kindle with me, so I have to find an actual paperback book to read, like some sort of a cave person. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started to reread one of my favorite books by one of my favorite authors. It's called A Bridge Across Forever by Richard Bach. And, and the other day, um, I I wanted to read Illusions first because Illusions kind of, which is also by Richard Bach, kind of leads into A Bridge Across Forever. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't find my copy of it. But I found on YouTube um, a series of videos of a woman reading the book. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I had no idea this even existed. I, hmm. I couldn't find an audiobook for it anywhere. I like searched the library and Audible and everywhere. And no one had it. And then I just happened to search and find it. Uh, on YouTube, it's like um, 17 10-minute chunks wow. of, of this woman just reading the book. And then, the, you know, the video, of course, is just the cover of the book. So mm-hmm. I just put my headphones in, picked up my crochet hooks, and listened to the whole book while I was working on some projects for Christmas. Wow. So um, I finished uh, Illusions, and I started A Bridge Across Forever. Okay. And also, speaking of free ebooks, not mm-hmm. necessarily free ebooks, but talking about ebooks, I've been stocking my my Kindle for um, when I'm done with my surgery. So I have plenty of things to read. Mm-hmm. And I came across this another place that's similar to the one I mentioned last time, the Humble Book Bundle. Uh-huh. This one's called Story Bundle. Oh. And um, it's the same concept. You choose what you want to pay for the stories. And I think I got eight books and it was I think I paid $14 for eight books the difference between humble ebook bundle and story bundle is story bundle is more indie um, authors Uh whereas humble book bundle is focuses more on uh, well well well-known authors in their genre so um, I picked up the last one which was the Halloween horror bundle and I got like I said eight books for $14 which is I think that's just fantastic yeah so my Kindle is uh, filled to the gills right now with books <laughs> for me to read um, awesome. while I'm recovering from my surgery. So <laughs> so what's your link of the week this week, Tina? Well, have you heard about the Google Art Project? I have. You have. Very cool. Oh, my gosh. For those who have not heard about this yet, it is amazing. I came across the video a while back and... Um, bookmarked it and haven't gone back to it since so just now when I was trying you know earlier this week when I was trying to come up with a link for the week I was like oh I have to bring this one out because those who have not heard of this it's amazing you know how Google Earth or Google uh, Maps maps the world and the um, streets they have street view they actually took I don't know exactly how they did it, but they actually took the cameras and they went inside of art museums and they actually like go up to all the art pieces and they have it in such a high definition that you can actually zoom in and see the textures on the paintings and such. It's like amazing. So I put a video link in here because there's a YouTube video called how to use Google Art Project. Mm -hmm. And of course the link is googleartproject.com. 
Um, so you can go in there and play around. And there's just a bazillion different things you can learn in there. You can go and figure out which which uh, um, museum you want to go into, or maybe you want maybe there's a specific artist that you want to um, find out about, um, or there's a specific country. You know, you can just I mean, you can just sit there and just play around with it, and you can go on. I forget what they call it in here. You'll have to look um, on the video. They'll they'll talk about it in more details, but I'm not seeing it right now as I'm looking in it. But it's well, they do have the little yellow guy, the little uh, yeah, that's, street view I've, guy. That's what I'm playing in right now. I am actually stand my my little guy is actually standing in the Museum of Modern Art in New York. That's amazing, isn't it? It is, and it's you can fantastic. like sit there and click through and walk through it. And let's see, here's the Acropolis Museum. Oh, let's see, and then they have individual pictures of each one of the pieces of work works of art um and then and when you click on them you can see the details and then you can also like there's lots of different information like you can click on different uh, there's just so much it's overwhelming um (laughs) there's details there's a details button where you can go in and it talks more about it and you can go even into um like the actual artist you can there's a there's a tab at the top for artists and you can go by artist and you can learn more about the artists and it's just amazing there's just so so much in here i can't even like go into all the details but um so it's googleartproject.com it's beautiful it's it's just amazing yeah it's absolutely amazing and i mean i mean, i could just stick my kids in here just to play around and just just like they did with google earth and just play and go look at art and yeah so if you can't make it to the louvre in uh in france you can go check it out on google art project i'm assuming that's actually in there i haven't looked to see if it's in there but um i bet you it is it probably is um so anyway that's my uh link for the week what's your link for the week my link for the week is um kitchen pantry scientists scientist, I'm sorry. And what this is, is an ent- a blog that is written by a woman named Liz. And I'm not even going to try her last name because I'm <laughs> horrible at pronouncing things. <laughs> and she has um, ideas for all sorts of different kinds of science experiments that use things that you have around the house. Huh. She has them separated out, biology, chemistry, food science, physics, that kind of thing. And um, she talks about putting together um, a homemade science kit that you could give as a gift for someone. Um, And she has videos, she has pictures, she has all of the instructions on how to do all of these great science experiments with stuff that you just kind of already have around the house. Wow. So, and she also has um, an iPhone app. Oh, wow. Yes. So um, I liked it because, you know, we like doing a lot of hands-on science stuff. And sometimes I can't, the science book I'm working in doesn't have a science experiment that's going to work for us, Mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes it requires stuff I can't get or, you know, it's going to make my house too messy because I don't like messy or, you know, (laughs) whatever, for whatever reason, the science experiment isn't going to work for us. So this website is nice to go and look if you're looking for something specific to fit into a a lesson. But also, if you're just looking for something to do, you can click in here as well and then find a science experiment and build a lesson around it. You could do it either way. Wow. So I highly recommend the Kitchen Pantry Scientist. Wow, that sounds really cool. I'm looking, scrolling through it right now. It looks very cool. Isn't that neat? Yeah. I will definitely have to check that out again. Well, how about while you scroll, we'll have um, some words from our sponsors. (laughs) This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by... Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects, and learn critical thinking skills. 
Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS for free shipping on your next order. Do you remember what it's like to be an adolescent? Postcards from Youth needs youth photographers' images and words to participate in the conversation. If you have children aged 11 to 17, we invite you to have them submit photos they have taken of their surroundings, family, friends, community, interests, and concerns to our website, postcardsfromyouth.com. And now's the time in our podcast we'd like to give our listeners some recognition. So on Facebook, we had a lovely post from Janine who says, thank you so much for your podcast, ladies. I'm really enjoying it. It's so nice to have a secular homeschool podcast or any secular homeschool sites, information, etc. Thank you, Janine. Thank you so much. That's very nice. And on our website, we have a message from Carol. She says, thanks for listing my book, Homeschool Co-ops, How to Start Them, Run Them, and Not Burn Out. I wrote it as a resource for homeschool leaders. I have a website chock full of articles and a blog with lots of Q&A from homeschool leaders on topics like fundraising, paying week workers, insurance, etc. So her website is homeschoolcpa.com and she has a Facebook page as well, homeschool.com, sorry, facebook.com forward slash homeschoolcpa. Um, and that was from Carol Top CPA. Yes. And we mentioned that in our last episode where we talked about homeschool co-ops. That was the yes, book we that did. I was mentioning that I was reading. We also got a message, from, a lovely message from Chi Chi on our Facebook site. Tina had posted that um, she felt bad that it was taking us so long to get episode 22 recorded. And Chi Chi said, really, really, there is no need to apologize. Whenever you record, I'll be listening. So we wanted to thank you for that. Aww, that's so sweet, Chi Chi. Thank you. We really, we really appreciate that. And next we had a comment on our website from Lindy. <laughs> we love Lindy. Uh, she says, oh, Becky, I hope you start to feel better soon. I'm sorry that you and Jack both are sick this week. That was, uh, was that last week or week I think, before? I think it might have been the week before. Yeah, when you guys were really sick with a cold. I would also like to say that I'm glad that you shared your endometriosis. You didn't have to, but it makes me feel like it made us as listeners understand what was going on when you said you weren't feeling well. I'm listening to the podcast every chance I get. I will say I love the link of the week and the books you are reading. I had one question for you both, though. When the holiday breaks are going on, do you still do schoolwork some? I've been debating on whether to have my kids do work while out of school for the holiday. They get a week off for Thanksgiving and two weeks for Christmas, so I was wondering if I should make up a schedule for the time they are off. Please tell me your views on this. Okay, I know Becky and I have totally different views on this. First of all, thank you very much, Lindy, for the thank you, Lindy. nice comments. I know Becky appreciates that especially. Yes. Um, uh, about the holidays, Becky and I have totally opposite feelings on that so that works out really well imagine that <laughs> i know right <laughs> <laughs> so for me i do feel guilty because i feel like i should but for me i'm like so stressed out all the time and always stretched to the limit so when my kids get a holiday when my charter says there's a holiday because of course if you're not using you're not homeschooling through a charter you know all the all the days are pretty much the same right <laughs> so for the charter we get um a list of dates that we don't have to homeschool and those are you know this the typical school dates so you know we have um i don't think we get a full week for thanksgiving i think it's what three days for thanksgiving i think and we mm -hmm. get like um i think a week and a half or two weeks off for christmas or something same as this as the kids that are in public school basically um and for me personally i like those breaks it gives me a <laughs> chance to get a break for me i don't think my kids necessarily need the break 
I need the break. So I take that as my chance to be like, you know what? I don't have to stress over trying to make them do something today or figuring out something creative and fun to do. So I like to take the break off. However, Becky, you can say what you do. (laughs) We actually usually continue to work during holidays. Um, I find if I let them have too much time off, um, they have a harder time getting back into the swing of doing schoolwork every day. And so we may not do as much during uh, scheduled holidays, she says, with coat marks around them. Um, <laughs> but we still do continue to work, usually uh, on a much lighter schedule. Maybe we'll do a little language arts or a little math or something like that. Not a ton, but just mm-hmm. enough to keep them into the practice of doing schoolwork every day. Because when you stop and then you go, okay, it's time to start again, they don't, I mean, there's no difference to them between this Monday and last Monday. They don't, you know. Right. In fact, my kids don't even usually know what day of the week it is unless we're going <laughs> to the enrichment classes. And so... Um, It's just easier to keep going, to continue on and not um, stop uh, for the holidays. Right. Well, that makes perfect sense, too. So hopefully that answers your question, Lindy. Um, And if you have any other questions or anything further you'd like to ask, just let us know. Yep. And next we have a voicemail. Voicemail number two. Oh, my gosh. You're so excited. We got this voicemail from Carlin um, while Becky and I were both at enrichment classes on Wednesday. And I'm, like, walking over to the bathroom and my phone blings and there's a voicemail and I'm listening to it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And I take it over to Becky and we're listening to it at school. And everybody (laughs) around us is like, what did I get all excited about? Just a voicemail. (laughs) It's just a voicemail. Like, it's our second voicemail. (laughs) So I'm going to play Carlin's voicemail for everybody to hear. Hi, Savvy Homeschool Moms. I just enjoyed the latest episode, and I just wanted to say thank you so much. Uh, You're a great resource. Um, Your show notes are awesome, and you're just what I was looking for, something secular and intelligent and funny. And uh, I have to tell you, I joined probably around episode 13, and I uh, was able to place each of you on your pictures, the drawings of you, without really knowing and and seeing your images on Facebook and stuff. It was pretty neat to be able to place you by your personalities. So thanks for being you, and Becky, I hope you're feeling much better. And um, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Oh, oh, I should probably tell you who I am. Um, I have young kids, um, three and six months, and I am a homesteader in up, 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 State New York, near the Canadian border. I can actually see Canada. Oh, my daughter would like me to tell you. Her name is Serafina. Um, How's your name? Oh, <laughs> my name is Carlin. All right, have a good day. Goodbye. So thank you so, so much, Carlin. Thank you. That was really, really wonderful. And I especially like the, the little one in the background. <laughs> yeah, I, I, wasn't I just saying, it's, it's like, I know exactly what she was going through, trying to leave a voicemail and having yeah. the little ones back in the background going, make sure you tell them this, make sure you tell them that. I especially liked it when she said, T- tell them your name, because I was like, wait, she didn't say who she was. <laughs> so it was, was her great. little one that reminded her to, uh, to tell her her name. <laughs> that was really sweet. So. so yeah, that was really, really cool. We appreciate it. Yes, very much. Okay, and now we would like to do, um, we would offer, like to offer you guys a review of um, History Odyssey by Pandia Press. Yes. Um, I've been using Pandia Press's um, science for, uh, this is our second year now that we've been using it, but this is the first year we've used their history program. And I have to say we're loving it. 
Um, we're currently using History Odyssey Ancients Level 1 and also the Ancients timeline that goes with it. And um, you're using... I'm using the um, Early Modern Level 1 and the timeline as well. Although okay. we haven't actually done anything on the timeline yet, but it looks really, really pretty on my wall. <laughs> yes, I, I know. I think it looks fantastic on the wall. We should take pictures of them and put them up with this episode. Oh, yes. I think that would be very good. Well, we have pictures that we posted before, so we can just post those again. They were really oh, good pictures. <laughs> you're right. Good idea. Um, so we've really been having a lot of fun with it. In fact, like I said earlier, the children are often asking for more than one lesson a day. Um, and I think the reason is because they're not used to me just sitting and reading to them. It's not something that we do a lot because of me and my dyslexia. I don't do a right. lot of reading out loud. And so I prefer to let audiobooks do that for me. But for this particular one, I have been reading um, the story of the world, which is one of the main books in the curriculum. And the other, at least for ours, I think it is for yours too, but I don't yeah. actually. Okay. And our, we also use the Usborne Illustrated World History. Right. And plus um, History Pockets yep. um, for our principles. And um, the kids are really enjoying the craft projects from the History Pockets and from some of the other um, books that they recommend that you use with the curriculum have um, art projects and, and crafty things in them as well. And they've been really enjoying that. And um, the nice thing about Pandia Press is everything is laid out for you. That's what I love. It's like, hey, oh, yeah. you know, lesson one, you're going to read this page and this page. And you're going to read this page and this page. And then you're going to do this project. And it even and has then, a checkbox. Exactly. It has a little <laughs> checkbox so you can check everything off as you do it. Now, I don't know about you, but I have mine. We got them in a uh, – Pandia provided them for us. Mm -hmm. And um, I got them in a PDF um, file. And I just loaded mine straight onto my Kindle. Right. And then I can just sit with my Kindle next to me and with the – the lesson, the day's lesson open, and I can, and I can, um, you know, just have it right there next to me. I don't have to worry about getting up, and I try to collect everything, you know, like the day before or something, so I have it mm -hmm. all right there in my fingertips. And the only problem that we've had is one that we talked about. I think is some some of the books that they recommend. I'm having a difficult time finding. Oh right. But um, I'm finding enough other books that are in the same area that it's not really an issue at all. Yeah. Um, now, I did want to mention that um, Pandia Press has this great Try Before You Buy program where families can download and use several full lessons from each of the books before they buy it to see if it's a good fit for their family. I believe when I looked at the Ancients Level 1 Try Before You Buy, there was actually 11 full lessons in there. Oh, that wow. You, yeah, that you could look at and try out and see before you, buy it, before you bought the, the – um, and you can buy it in printed or in ebook format. So um, I thought that was fantastic. It's a really good way to see if it's something that's going to work for your family and something you guys are going to enjoy doing before you put out the money for the entire thing. Right, right. Uh, um, also, the timelines. Um, the timelines are a separate purchase, but they go along with the History Odyssey um, curriculum. But the now you had said you guys hadn't used your timeline yet, and we actually haven't used ours terribly much yet because um, the – the timelines are actually intended for the level two series, mm -hmm. but they work just fine with the level one. You just don't end up using all of the stickers. Right. So, I'm finding that a lot of the stuff isn't on the stickers too, which is fine. I didn't expect them to have everything. Um, and so I'm actually in the position right now where I am in search of blank stickers that we can draw on or label. I don't know why, but for some reason, I just don't want to write on that beautiful <laughs> timeline. No, it's like, <laughs> it's just so up. beautiful. And I want to, I, I thought if we put it on a sticker, then the kids could stick the sticker, you know, and they can draw the picture themselves if it's, you know, something that they feel like they want to draw. 
But um, yeah, so I haven't, I know we're probably going to end up writing on it. It's just that first time is hard. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, so we haven't, um, I wanted to put the Fire of London up there and there wasn't a sticker for it. So oh. I'm trying to find um, blank stickers so that I can do that and have one of the kids do a fire or something. <laughs> just use like blank labels yeah but i don't have any currently i had some but i don't know what happened to them so yeah i'm probably just going to go to office depot or something and just get some labels cut them up that kind of thing but i was going to say also the the one thing that i really was enjoying from my like from my perspective i i don't my kids didn't seem to hate it either they're they're not always like super (laughs) jazzed by everything that we do but um was digging out the dictionary my my dad um gave just coincidentally like a week or two before we actually got this curriculum gave us this massive old dictionary well not super old it was it's uh it it probably has the internet and such in it (laughs) (laughs) i haven't looked that up yet but i'm assuming it's not that old but um but that was really fun because um i would hand the dictionary to maven because tieran's not quite grasping the whole alphabetical order thing yet it's a little complex for him so she'll look up the words because in the beginning of our lessons are yours giving words for them to look up as well yes I thought so. It seemed like it was a standard thing from every level, probably. So they give you a couple of words to look up. So like for our first lesson, we had to look up the word continent and the word ocean. And um, and then you look it up and then they write it out. Um, they're supposed to be building a history notebook. Is that in yours too? Yes. Yes. So they're building a history notebook. So I give them a piece of, of lined paper and they write the word and then they write the definition. And like for Maven, she writes it all herself. And for Tira and I have him write the word and then I'll write the definition for him usually because it's longer than he's comfortable writing. So, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, or sometimes I'll just let him go until she, he's tired and then I'll finish. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but at least he does the titles and the names and such. And then, um, putting it all together, I'm excited to see how, as we go through, cause I haven't done as many lessons as Becky has, um, that this is going to start to build a, um, a little notebook, a little history notebook, yes. with a little bit, a little, I like, I really like that whole definition thing and looking it up in the dictionary. And then, and then we had to go find the five oceans and the seven continents and look on a map and a globe. And we have all that in our house already. We already had a, a globe and, and we have a continents map and a world map. So it, it's worked out really, really nicely to, to just, um, you know, point out the things and, and, um, but it, you know, it all just, I just really liked the way it all kind of flowed together. It, it worked really, really well. Yes. And, um, and the book lists are really good. Yes, um, they, are. they have some really good books on there. Um, that I probably never would have found otherwise. So that's actually where we found Master Cornhill was from there. And the Fire of London book was from the, the list. Um, and also in Story of the World, of course, there are some stories that are um, biblically based. Right. And just in the ancients, I believe. I don't, think it even, I don't even think it becomes into play in the older books because it's oh, just right. the ancients book. In the ancients, it does. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, other than sometimes having to, you know, make little adjustments, mm-hmm. um, other than that, it's been fantastic. And I haven't really found anything in there that I have to, you know, go, oh, yeah, we're not reading this. Right. So and then also um, some chapters uh, in Story of the World are listed in more than one lesson. Like I recently I, we were working on the Egyptians and three lessons had us reading the same chapter. Oh. And and since we're doing them so close together, we don't reread the same chapter. Yes. But um, I suppose if you were spacing your lessons out, maybe rereading the lesson, the chapter might not be a bad thing. But other than that, I can't really figure out why you would need to reread chapter twenty so many times to your right. children. But um, 
other than those little tiny things, which are really not that big of a deal, this is some fantastic history uh, curriculum. Yeah. I am really enjoying it. The children are enjoying it. I feel like they're learning. Um, we were somewhere recently, and Jack saw a picture of Stonehenge, and uh-huh. he's he said to a complete stranger, oh, it was at the, the, the speech therapy uh, assessment. Um, he said, oh, we studied about that. That's Stonehenge. We studied oh. that. And, but then he said, we studied that when we studied the ancient Egyptians. And I was like, oh, well, you were close. <laughs> because because the, the history curriculum goes like through ancient Egyptians. And then it stops and it goes in and does the, the um, European monument builders. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back, you know, into the um, – to the – fertile crescent right there so mm-hmm. it kind of jumped out of egypt and into europe for a while and then back in so i think yeah. that's why he was a little confused there right. but i thought it was pretty awesome that he like he recognized the yeah. structure and he knew what it was called he just didn't quite know who built it <laughs> that's cool the other thing that i just thought of that i really like about it also is that they break the lessons into very bite-sized pieces yes if it's a kind of long lesson, they break it into parts. So they recommend you do it over the course of however many days. And I really like that. So it's not like you're sitting there for hours on end reading and studying and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. I like that a lot. So, yes. So highly, highly recommend history odyssey by Pandia press. Right. Excellent. Well, now uh, we're going to move into our main topic of the show today, which is homeschooling Thanksgiving in a culturally sensitive way. And the reason that we're going to talk about that today is because I'm sure you guys probably can't tell from the sound of my voice, but I (laughs) am actually Native American. Um, (laughs) My father was from the Turtle Mountain Reservation in North Dakota, and I am Chippewa. And um, a lot of people have asked me about Thanksgiving because I'm having my surgery the day before Thanksgiving. People are all over the place are freaking out about, well, what about Thanksgiving? What are you going to do about Thanksgiving? (laughs) And then their jaws drop to their chests when I tell them I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, uh, Many Native Americans choose not to celebrate Thanksgiving. And um, so we wanted to talk about um, some ways that you can celebrate Thanksgiving while still keeping it culturally sensitive to Native Americans. So um, first, we want to start off by letting people know November is American Indian and Alaskan Native Heritage Month, which is means that the entire month of November is set aside for celebrating um, Native Americans and Alaskan Natives. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a good time to start thinking about, you know, what, what do your children know about the Native Americans and what can you teach them? Right. Now, um, as I said, some Native Americans choose not to celebrate Thanksgiving. Some treat it as a day of mourning. Um, in fact, I have participated in days of mourning for Thanksgiving. Um, also, I, I typically do the day of mourning, though, more for Columbus Day. Columbus Day is usually right. my day of mourning. Thanksgiving is usually a non-entity in my in my life. I don't care about it one uh-huh. way or the other. But um, while other Native Americans choose not to celebrate Thanksgiving because they see it Uh, as being directly in contrast to their personal beliefs because in Native American culture you give thanks and gratitude every day for what you're shown right what you're given you you when you um, take something when you kill an animal when you take something from a plant to eat you say thank you and you you show gratitude right there at that moment Mm -hmm. you don't you don't save it all up for one special day of the year (laughs) so you had something from history of us that you wanted yes Yes, we have um, in the past dived into History of Us. I know I mentioned it in the past. So she mentioned in History of Us Book 2, which is by Joy Hakim, um, which is called the Making 13 Colonies. It's from 1600 to 1740. 
40, and she says in it, The story that the first American Thanksgiving was held at Plymouth Colony is a real turkey. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I know. She's she's quite humorous. She has a lot of little parts in her books like that. Um, and then she goes on and she talks uh, at length about different Thanksgiving celebrations that were held before and after the, the infamous 1621 episode that we all celebrate on Thanksgiving. Then she goes on to say, now to give the pilgrims their due, they did eat a big meal. And one of them, Edward Winslow, wrote six sentences about it. None of the other claimants can say that. (laughs) So as far as historical fact of what happened during that actual event that is, you know, supposedly being celebrated every Thanksgiving, um, six sentences were written about it. (laughs) I thought that was kind of cool. And then she also mentions that the uh, the first national Thanksgiving was actually proclaimed by George Washington in 1789. But Thanksgiving was not celebrated officially again until Abraham Lincoln, who was urged on by a magazine editor, Sarah J. Hale, decreed a national holiday in 1863. So that's like 200 years after the first um, Thanksgiving with the pilgrims, she says, with quote marks around it, and the Wampanoag (laughs) tribe. And by that point, I'm sure it all becomes some sort of a rosy memory, you know. Um, One of the things that we wanted to read to you guys was from the Oyati.org website. Um, They have a great article there that we're going to put in the show notes called Deconstructing the Myths of the First Thanksgiving. And so we wanted to just hit the highlights, I think, of the top three myths that are out there about Thanksgiving and the, well, actually about the first Thanksgiving. Okay. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and read the first one. The first one was the myth that the pilgrims found corn. Okay. <laughs> okay. In fact, just a few days after landing, a party of about 16 settlers led by Captain Miles Standish followed a new set trail and came upon an iron kettle and a cache of Indian corn buried in the sand. They made off with the corn which means they stole it, <laughs> and return, they returned a few days later with reinforcements. This larger group found, with quote marks, a larger store of corn, about 10 bushels worth, and took it. They also found, with quote marks, several <laughs> graves, and according to Mort, Mort's relation, bought, brought sundry of the prettiest things away from a child's grave and then covered up the corpse. Let me tell you what that means in English. <laughs> in English, that means they found a child's grave, dug it up, took the pretty things out of it that their family had buried with them, and then reburied the corpse. Right. So not only did they steal the corn, but they were grave robbing as well. They also found two Indian dwellings and some of the best things they took away with with us. That was in quotes as well. So they also found some places where the Native Americans were living and stole things from them there as well. There's no record that restitution was ever made for the stolen corn. And the Wampanoag did not soon forget the colonists' ransacking of the Indian graves. Right. Do you want me to do the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. That's a lot of reading for you. Huh? It is. That's a ton. <laughs> okay, so another myth that we wanted to mention was um, that Samoset appeared out of nowhere and along with Squanto became friends with the pilgrims. Squanto helped the pilgrims survive and joined them at, quote unquote, the first Thanksgiving. So that's a myth. And the fact is that Samoset, an eastern Abenaki chief, was the first to contact the Plymouth colonists. He was investigating the settlement to gather information and report to Massasoit, the head sachem in the Wampanoag territory. In his hand, Samoset carried two arrows, one blunt and one pointed. The question to the settlers was, are you friend or foe? Samoset 
brought to Squantum, that's Squanto, one of the few survivors of the original Wampanoag village of Pawtuxet to meet the English and keep an eye on them. Tisquantum had been taken captive by English captains several years earlier, and both he and Samoset spoke English. Tisquantum agreed to live among the colonists and serve as a translator. Massasoit also sent Habamok, Habamok, oh boy, I'm massacring that I think so. <laughs> Habamok, I think, um, and his family to live near the colony to keep an eye on the settlement and also to watch Tisquantum, whom Massasoit did not trust. So there wasn't a friendship going on here. This was keeping an eye on these strange white people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who had already ransacked their graves and their homes. The Wampanoag oral tradition says that Massasoit ordered Tisquantum killed after he tried to stir up the English against the Wampanoag. Massasoit himself lost face after his years of dealing with the English only led to warfare and land grabs. Tisquantum is viewed by Wampanoag people as a traitor for his scheming against other native people for his own gain. Massasoit is viewed as a wise and generous leader whose affection for the English may have led him to be too tolerant of their ways. Yes. Oh, I did want to mention we didn't read um, one of the myths. The reason we keep saying pilgrims with quote marks around it right. is that the Plymouth settlers never called themselves pig- pilgrims. Right. Okay. A pilgrim is someone who travels for religious reasons, such as Muslims who make the pilgrimage to Mecca. But the people who lived at, at Plymouth called themselves saints or separatists. Right. They never referred to themselves as pilgrims. So when we say pilgrim with quote marks, that's what we're talking about. Right. Okay, and the last um, myth that we wanted to talk about, there's a lot more on this page that you might want to look at, but the last one we want to talk about is that the pilgrims invited the Indians to celebrate the first Thanksgiving. It's a myth, in fact, according to oral accounts from the Wampanoag people, when the native people nearby first heard the gunshots of hunting colonists, they thought the colonists were preparing for war, and Massasoit needed to be informed. So when Massasoit showed up with his 90 men, no women or children, it was assumed that he was being cautious. When he saw that there was a party going on, his men then went out and brought back five deer and lots of turkeys. In addition, the Wampanoag and the English settlers were long familiar with harvest celebrations. Long before the Europeans set foot on the shores, Native American people, I'm sorry, Native peoples gave thanks every day for the gifts of life and held Thanksgiving celebrations and giveaways at certain time of the year. The Europeans also had days of Thanksgiving marked by religious service, so the coming together of two peoples to share food and company was not an entirely foreign thing for either. But the visit that, by all accounts, lasted three days was most likely one of a series of political meetings to discuss and secure a military alliance. Neither side totally trusted the other. The Europeans considered the Wampanoag soulless heathens and instruments of the devil, and the Wampanoag had seen the Europeans steal their seed corn and rob their graves. In any event, neither the Wampanoag nor the Europeans referred to them this feast or meeting as Thanksgiving. Right, and the 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 way that this is laid out, it seems like there wasn't much of a friendship either. No, I, I don't think it was a bunch of friends getting together. I think it right. was more like, you guys sit on that side of the table, and we'll sit on this side of the table, and yeah. let's figure out a way that we can all work together, and, you know, not... I don't it. see how you can be friends with somebody that you consider less than human, which is how the Europeans viewed the natives. Exactly. We picked out a few books that um, show a more historically accurate view of Thanksgiving, if you are interested in sharing them. You want to go ahead since you're the one that knows more Yeah, <laughs> I put some books on here that I've actually read. One I actually own, it's called Squanto's Journey, The Story of the First Thanksgiving. And I'm not sure how how accurate it is because I'm not 100% sure of every 
you know, detail of this story. Um, but it's told from the perspective of Squanto and they actually, it's a, it's a beautiful picture book, um, with, um, paintings. It looks like it's made with paintings. Um, and it goes through and it even talks about how Squanto was kidnapped and taken to, um, England and brought, when he came back, his entire tribe was completely decimated by disease and, and probably killed as well, I would imagine. But they mostly talked about, um, in the stuff that I've read, that it was mostly disease that had wiped out pretty much his entire tribe. His wife, his children, and his family was completely gone when he came back. And, uh, and the reason he spoke English was because he was kidnapped and sent into slavery over in England, which a lot of people don't realize was actually quite common. Yes. Then And actually, there was hundreds of natives, I believe. I think you were mentioning something about this earlier. Yes, they, they, they would... Um capture Native Americans and sell them as slaves for, I think it was 220 pounds or something like that. You could buy yourself a Native American slave. Yeah. And so there was a lot of Natives living over in, in England at the time because uh, not by their choice. No. So um, anyway, so this is from the perspective of Squanto and I highly recommend it. It's a really cute book. And um, it does in the end kind of have it more in, you know, I'm, I'm a little unhappy with the, the way that they ended as far as the, the, the actual sit down of the meal kind of thing. They make it kind of pretty fied as far as, you know, friends, friends sitting down and eating. And so that part, you know, when um, I share this with my children, uh, the next, I don't remember whether or not I said this the last time I read this to them, but I definitely, this next time when I read it to them, I will be pointing out to them a little bit more of the historical accuracies that they probably weren't actually friends, but, um, <laughs> but it's really, I think it's really well done. The, like the whole first half of the book is all Squanto's story, like him, you know, being taken and, and all that. So I, I like this book a lot. Um, and then another, uh, there's three more books that I wanted to mention that we read last year. Maven and I read this last year um, when I was doing this time period with her. And I read, first I read the book called Weetamu, Heart of the Pocossets. And that is a historical fiction. It's part of the Royal Diaries series. Mm -hmm. And um, it's about Weetamu, who was a... Um, well, this story actually is completely fiction, but it's based on an actual historical person. She was part of the Wampanoag tribe. Yes. And it's been a while since I've read it, so I don't remember the exact details right now. But anyway, this is what her childhood could have possibly been like. But anyway, it's it's well written. It gives you the perspective of the natives. And it was really what was really fascinating to me was that next we read... Um, a Journey to the New World, The Diary of Remembrance, Patience Whipple, which is the perspective of a girl this, about the same age who was one of the quote-unquote pilgrims, came over on the Mayflower. And I believe she's also a historical person. I'd have to look into it for sure, but I, I believe she was an actual person who existed as well. So we went from reading about the perspective of uh, a native at the time and um, and what they thought of what was going on with all these white people all over their land <laughs> to the perspective of a quote unquote pilgrim, <laughs> a saint. And they do talk about it being, they were saints and strangers on the, on the Mayflower. And oh my gosh, it's really fat. What's really fascinating about this. If you want to get into historical accuracy was talking about how much vomiting was involved in this <laughs> trip and how stinky the trip was. I mean, they really go into it in this book and yeah. it really makes you feel for these people, <laughs> um, you know, especially the children who had no choice, <laughs> you know? So um, in fact, they called them puke stock. Stockings. The um, the uh, um, the sailors on the ship called them puke stocking. Called, called the saints um, puke stockings. 
Lovely oh my hat. goodness. Yes. Isn't that nice? Yes. Um, so it was really neat to be able to compare the two. And then right after that, I ended up reading um, to her journal of Jasper Jonathan Pierce, a pilgrim boy. And it's the same thing, a pilgrim boy coming over on the Mayflower. I don't believe that he's an actual historical person, but I believe the person that he was a um, indentured servant uh-huh. um, that came over with a, with a family. And so they talk a lot about the same historical people on in that book. And then you get to hear from um, a servant's perspective what it was like on the ship. So it's kind of cool to compare with the native because when they get in interactions with the natives, you can kind of see where they're both coming from. So mm-hmm. and how like drastically different the views were and some of the misunderstandings and stuff from these people's perspective. So it was really fascinating. Now, they don't specifically I don't recall them specifically talking about the actual thanksgiving meal but it's all that same time period and that's those people so okay it's very relevant i think in that sense so those are the books that i wanted to recommend and then you had some some good links to book lists yes well i first wanted to go back and say uh Widamu was married to wamsetta oh thank you yes and that was one of her five husbands oh my <laughs> she had five over the course of her life and unfortunately oh, wow. she was killed by the english and um not in a very nice way either hmm glad that they didn't include that in your daughter's book no no it only goes up through uh, before she even gets married she's and, she's like a teenager and patience wimple was not a real person oh she wasn't okay. no but wimple, they, they wrote but, yeah. it in such a manner to make it sound right. like like she was a real person but some of the characters in the book are some of the main people from that that um ship from yes. the people that came over on the mayflower i know that so I just wanted to clear those two cool. little things up really Thank quickly. Um, I have two websites that I am going to add to the um, – or two links that I'm going to add to the show notes. Um, the first one is also from the um, IOTE um, website that we had found, and they have recommended books for reading about Thanksgiving. And these are written from um, by Native American authors, um, and they are – um, most of them, it looks like, are from grades four to six, right around that area. Um, and so they are written about Thanksgiving from the Native American perspective. Right. Oh, and, and I can vouch for 1621. That's the only one on that list that I've read, but it's a really good book. It's yeah, I've been reading a lot about that book, and I actually think yeah. I need to pick it up. Like They right have it at now. our local library. You should, I highly recommend it. And it's actually like a photo. It's like a picture book with It's kind recreation of a long by the book. National Geographic. Yeah, it's actually photos from the Plymouth Plantation in um or the the wampanoag they have like a little wampanoag colony or what do you call it like a um like it's a, not a city it's like a whatever uh, tri- they have. Uh, now you made me forget what it's called <laughs> what's it called you gotta stop doing that to me it's not a town or a city or a colony what is from, it from the tribe where the tribe lived how's that yeah let's where the, go, where the people lived <laughs> exactly um, outside of plymouth plantation and in this book they don't the call East themselves Coast. pilgrims Yay. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, the 1621. Um, and that book is actually in the list that I'm going to post that's in the children's book review um, that has um, more books that are more culturally sensitive about Thanksgiving than some of the other ones you're going to find. Not all of them are. There's one the night before Thanksgiving that I'm a little bit iffy about. Mm-hmm. But um, there are some good ones on that list as well. And um, we're also, we have some websites that we want to share with you um, on um, about.com. They have a, an article called Thanksgiving Celebration, a day of celebration, a day of celebration 
um, or mourning for Native Americans. And it talks about the reasons why some Native Americans choose to and some choose not to celebrate Thanksgiving. In fact, there was a group that um, asked for a national day of mourning starting in 1970 to be held on Thanksgiving. And so it talks about them a little bit and it talks about, you know, why some people choose to and choose not to celebrate Thanksgiving. And Tina, you had one. Um, from your oh, website. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's my website. <laughs> I actually did. Um, I'm not even sure where. Oh, I know. I, I wrote it actually in the blog entry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually reading an article and um, and it ended up making it inspired this whole blog post. So I put the link in the notes and um, I titled it Beware of False History Textbooks. Um, and you can just read, I'm not going to sit here and read it because you can go read it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's on my website and the link will be in the show notes. Um, and uh, it has a list of books. It's by a man called James Lowen. And um, I actually contacted him and asked him if he had like a master list of appropriate books. Um, this is not specific to Thanksgiving, but just history in general being accurate. Um, and uh, and he said, um, he, I put the quote on here that he said that there's a list in the back of each of his books. So you got to go get his books. <laughs> but anyway, those are, those are some books that I would recommend if you're concerned about historical accuracy, that there's a lot of um, sanitizing of history that has happened in our t- uh, children's textbooks. And so it's, it's, tricky to figure out stuff that's actually been accurately written mm-hmm. so there's there's a there's some information in there and some links to um, some different ideas on that okay. and next we'd like to share some excerpts with you from um, a website called understanding prejudice and it's a letter to parents about thanksgiving that they have put up for school teachers who would like to be able to discuss the holiday with their students without um, having to worry about all of the you know, stuff that everyone associates with Thanksgiving. And so we just wanted to read a couple of sections out of this for you. Okay. Um, As you may know, many Native American images found on Thanksgiving cards, decorations, and school materials are very stereotypic. They are often based on a composite view of Native Americans rather than on accurate and diverse Native American lifestyles and traditions. As a consequence, Thanksgiving imagery serves to teach and reinforce children's misinformation and stereotypes typic thinking about Native Americans and laying a foundation for later prejudice. Moreover, the story of Thanksgiving is usually told from only one side, that of European pilgrims who came to America. Rarely is it told from the perspective of the people who are already here. As a result, the role played by Native Americans in helping the pilgrims to survive is often downplayed or ignored. To many Native Americans today, Thanksgiving is a day of mourning because it is a reminder that that in return for their help, they were repaid with the loss of their land and destruction of their people. What then do we propose to do? We do not advocate the elimination of Thanksgiving from curriculum. Instead, we we strive to help children understand that Thanksgiving means different things to different people. We will explain that some families celebrate Thanksgiving and others do not, and we will explain why in language appropriate for children. We will also discuss how Thanksgiving cards and decorations sometimes misrepresent Native Americans and lead them to feel hurt or offended. If your family is not Native American and you're not sure what your child or children think about Native Americans, this Thanksgiving may be a good time to find out. You might ask questions such as, what do you know about Native Americans? Would you like to have a Native American friend? Where do Native Americans live today? Um, And then quotes, I mean, in parentheses, they put most live off reservations. 
um, can Native Americans vote in U.S. elections? And in quote, uh, I keep saying quotes, in parentheses, <laughs> they wrote, um, yes, they are citizens. Okay. So the reason why we wanted to talk about this was not to, you know, stop people from celebrating Thanksgiving or anything like that. I had an advantage when I was growing up. I grew up in a school district that um, had a Native American education program. And so I grew up in a school district that not only valued Native Americans, but taught Native American history and those sorts of things. But a lot of places don't teach accurate Native American history. They lump all Native Americans together, which is just ridiculous. That's like saying, I'm from England, so I know everything about all of the Europeans. You know, it doesn't work that way. Uh, There was no unified Native American people. All of the different Native American tribes had their own language, their own customs, and everything. And so um, a lot of children don't get access to, you know, the whole concept of, of what a Native American was and what a Native American still is to this day. And so um, we wanted to point out some places where you might be able to get that information when it is the most appropriate for you to have it, which is Thanksgiving, which is really about the only time I think most people think about Native Americans. Mm-hmm. It's Thanksgiving time. So we're not saying that your family shouldn't celebrate Thanksgiving, but... What we are saying is maybe consider making the primary focus of your celebration, giving thanks and family togetherness. You know, leave out the cheesy headdresses and the pilgrim hats and all of those things that are stereotypically associated with Thanksgiving. And learn and teach the truth of the past to your children so that they can pass the truth on to their children so that we can get rid of these types of stereotypes that are out there. And we can stop passing on misinformation about what what actually happened at the first Thanksgiving. Right. Exactly. Anything else? Nope. I think that about covers it. I think that covers it. <laughs> so if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. You can follow us on Twitter at Savvy Homeschool, on Facebook at, sev- at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms, on Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool, and we're on Instagram. We're the Savvy Homeschool Moms. To leave us a voicemail message... With your questions or comments, call 559-426-6670 or drop us an email at moms at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. You can also find Becky on the web at BeckyTatro.com and I can be found at HomeschoolRealm.com. And the links for those are also on the Savvy Homeschool Moms website on our about pages. Well, goodbye, everybody. Have a fun week and a great Thanksgiving. And come back and take a break again with us next time. Yep. Goodbye. Made fish sticks and french fries for the kids, or for him and her and her brother for dinner. (laughs) Try that again. I'm glad that you shared your endometriosis. You didn't have to, to, but it makes me feel better. Okay, I can read this. (laughs) I don't feel nearly as bad now. (laughs) Oh my god, there's a blooper for this week. (laughs) Okay, take three. (laughs) I would also like to say that I'm black. (laughs) I'm sorry, now I'm just cracking up. Now I feel like those reporters on those bloopers. Okay. (laughs) 